Hi there and welcome to this week's podcast with me Gail from Sober Bliss. Today I'm going to talk about um, the topic of when life gives you lemons, the sober tools I am using to help me through a really tough patch. If you've been following me, my newsletter and my YouTube channel, you know that things haven't been going great at the moment. However, I am still here, still strong, still standing, and I wanted to share with you, you know, what's been going on and and how I've been doing it, how I have been staying strong and sober. Now, the last time I did a solo podcast, it was back in March I think and I have had some fabulous guests on the podcast since then and I do actually have a wonderful nutritionist who I'm talking to this week so that's going to be really interesting when I chat to her so do look out for that. Um, Now I did have a solo podcast planned for the end of April but well as you may or not know, things have gone a little bit pitong around here at home, which is a bit of an understatement, actually. I haven't really been able to articulate quite fully what has been going on, how I've been feeling, um, and exactly, you know, the impact that it's going to have on my family. But I'm just here doing my best trying to get through it, and I am getting through it, and that's kind of what I wanted to share with you today. So if you don't know what on earth I'm talking about, at the end of April, my husband had a stroke. He's 48, so pretty young to be having a stroke. And I have talked about this in my newsletters, as I said, and I made a YouTube video last week, I think, about the sober tools that I have been using, which have been helping me get through this. But I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that and share with you the top two tools that have been supporting me all the way through this, plus the tool that I picked up again just this morning, actually, and how you can be supported by me in a new and exciting way from now on. So lots to cover today and I will try not to ramble but I can't promise as this obviously is quite an emotional time for me and my family Um, and I don't actually think that I'm 100% you know through the other side of it. I'm still kind of in it if you like but Let's dive in and hopefully if you are going through something difficult at the moment, then what I'm about to share with you, the tools, the mindset um, and the practical things will help you today. That is my hope. And if you do need more support on your sober journey, please don't struggle alone. I will be telling you a little bit more about how You can work with me in a brand new Blissfully Sober support space, but the link is at the bottom in the show notes, so check that out. I will be telling you a little bit more about that later on. Okay then, back to the end of April. Can't even remember the date without looking in my calendar 
and and it still feels a bit surreal to be honest um but my husband woke up one morning i think it was a tuesday um with a bit of a weird feeling on his left side so his arm and his leg and his whole left side just felt a bit odd and he had real trouble walking and there really wasn't much strength in his hand at all and we thought he just slept funny so you know we just carried on with the day hoping it would sort itself out and get a bit better but it didn't and by the evening you know he was just getting a bit worse he was really tired and we were getting a bit worried so I rang my sister-in-law who works in a hospital she's not quite a doctor but more than a nurse I don't know what her title is but she said oh I don't like the sound of that it sounds neurological I would go to the hospital and another friend said the same thing but my husband being my husband didn't want to waste anyone's time so he took an aspirin and went to bed promising that if it was no better in the morning that we would go to hospital so long story short it wasn't any better in the morning um so we did we did go to hospital they did lots of tests they confirmed that he had had a stroke and then whisked him off to a specialist hospital in an ambulance and it snowed the rest of the day was a bit of a blur, to be honest. Mm, there were obviously more tests to be done, more waiting around. I had to arrange my children and arrange lifts because the hospital we were sent to was a couple of hours away from where we live. Um, and then, you know, finally he got into intensive care. I was able to speak to somebody. And then they shipped me off. Well, they sent me home because I couldn't stay in intensive care, obviously. And I promised that I would go back and see him the next day. However, I didn't go back the next day because it's a stupid mix-up with the buses here. And I ended up leaving him that night or the next day and the night after, which was just awful. You know, I left him there alone with all of his fears and God knows what was going through his mind, um, not knowing what was going on. It was just awful. And later on, he did tell me actually that he was too scared to go to sleep that night in case he didn't wake up again because he thought he knew when the stroke had happened, which was in the middle of the night. And he said he he's kind of half asleep and he woke up and he said he felt like something was standing over him really oppressive and and dark kind of crushing him and he kind of came to with a start really terrified and he went to the bathroom and that was when he noticed that he couldn't walk properly and he was really unsteady on his feet so we think that's when it happened so of course Um, he didn't want to go to sleep and to think that we let him carry on all day and night with a blood clot in his brain oh my god that was the first thing to deal with the guilt 
and you know why didn't we go to hospital earlier and all the worry that comes with that um but you know after that came gratitude and I did talk about this in my YouTube video I spent nine days in hospital with my husband he was there for 11 days and despite the fear you know the noise the food the fact that although my Spanish is pretty good it went out the window that day well that week really um every single moment uh, every single morning I woke up really grateful to have him and to have him you know as he is as he was because looking around the ward things could have been so much worse and they were for other people they were just so much worse screams in the night time were the most terrifying thing I've ever heard so now almost what is it five weeks on I still wake up feeling grateful for all that I have and so does he but on a, a whole different level I'm not sure I even quite understand and I don't think you can until something like this happens to you personally and I know that he takes a few moments every morning to check that everything is working and he says a word or two of thanks before he does anything else so gratitude is really helping put things into perspective and on a general level um you know how am I coping now what tools am I using well like I s mentioned in the YouTube video I think taking each moment as it comes and being fully present is the thing that probably got me through the first few hours and those f days in hospital because that's all I could focus on, that's all I could concentrate on. So I would say that being very practical with the helping, the listening, the running, the fetching, the organizing um, was really the only thing that I could concentrate on. And I think something kicks in at times like this and you just do what you have to do, probably without really thinking about it too much. And the danger can come when you actually stop to think. So when things begin to quiet down. You know, for me, it was when he was sleeping. So it might be for you when your loved one is sleeping or at night time. Or if you're left on your own for whatever reason. Or you manage to get out, go for a walk, escape for a while that's when the thoughts can come so what do you do how do you cope when your brain starts replaying past events or tries to take you down a road that you don't really want to go down now it is natural to want to switch it off to numb out and escape but honestly if there's anything I've learned over the past four years of my sobriety is that alcohol doesn't work it doesn't help in the long run and actually drinking is the way of coping is the thing that makes you less able to cope now I should say here that I am you know 100% absolutely secure in my sobriety I know and and I understand and 
more than that, I feel on the deepest of levels that alcohol just doesn't figure anywhere. It will only make things worse. So there was never any question of me drinking at all. It didn't even enter my head, which is just as well, to be honest, because in the hospital, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world. In the UK, it doesn't happen. But here in Spain, in the hospital cafeteria, where I went four times a day for nine days, they sell alcohol. Three different types of wine, two different types of beer. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but I don't think hospitals are good places to be selling alcohol. So, yeah, doubly grateful that it just didn't enter my head, uh, the drinking thing, because it was there, you know, in my face multiple times a day. Um, but I did need a break. I did need to escape. I did need to quiet my mind from time to time. And I needed to fill my head with, you know, things other than the scary thoughts that would creep in, usually, uh you know, 3am in the morning. And I don't know, maybe I was a bit naive, a bit hopeful, a bit too optimistic. But I thought that because I was in hospital and there wouldn't be anything much really for me to do, I thought that I would use the time to write a little bit more of my book or to journal or to maybe start getting ideas down for blogs and podcasts. Um, But none of that happened. I discovered that I had absolutely no capacity at all for anything. No capacity for concentration or focus or retaining anything other than basic information or instructions. So, you know, the idea really of finishing my book (laughs) is a bit ridiculous. And as one of my friends pointed out, hospitals are really not relaxing or restful at all and with everything else flying around in in my head never mind what my husband must have been thinking and feeling it was difficult to focus on anything except what was happening right there and then so in the night time when the thoughts started to creep in or my mind would wander, I turned to Audible. Thankfully, there was Wi-Fi in the hospital. And I listened to about, I don't know, quite a few chapters of American Dirt. Now, this is not the most relaxing of books, I have to say, but it did keep my thoughts at bay. Um, And I also did a few meditations especially in the early mornings when it was, you know, too early for life on the ward to begin. But I couldn't get back to sleep. So having my, um, what they called, headphones and my phone really helped to find that healthy way of escaping and numbing out and just disappearing for a bit. The other tool that's been a constant more than listening to audible probably is been walking and if you know me I you know that I spend a lot of time outdoors I really love my early morning walks and this has been 
something that has really, really helped as the days and the weeks have gone on. And actually, my very first day in Granada City, that's where the hospital is located, uh, I walked about 20,000 steps that morning because I got dropped off at half eight in the morning, but they wouldn't let me go up to the ward until about 12. So I walked and walked and walked and walked and walked, had a coffee, walked some more, took some photos um, and walked some more. And that was apart from running up and down the stairs to go to the the cafeteria um backwards and forwards with my husband on the ward that was really the only walking that I did during the hospital stay obviously because uh, I wanted to be with my husband and didn't want to go you know disappear for too long so I can't tell you how good <laughs> It has been to be able to walk to the woods again in the morning with my dog and my cat. The first thing I do is just put on my trainers and a coat if it's chilly and just get out, listen to the bird song, stand under a tree, look at the stars and the moon when she's up. And if I'm really lucky, I'll see the sun come up as well. Um, this is just the most perfect part of the day it always has been for me and it reminds me again just how lucky we've been that my husband is able to come out here and and walk with me because it could very easily have been so very different and again it's in these quiet moments of the morning that I reflect on how grateful I am to be sober to be able to cope to have stopped drinking when I did um, and to have got through the past month doesn't really matter I got through it I am getting through it and to know that I will get through whatever else comes my way without my sobriety I really don't know how I I would have coped we've got a family situation going on right now a different one to this and one of the people involved is using alcohol to cope and I can see that it's just not helping especially in the morning they're not rested at all um, and also I don't think I would have had the awareness to turn to the tools that I'm sharing with you today had I not been sober which you know brings me back to this family member we turn to the thing that we know that we think helps. We do the best we can with what we've got. And in my case, I am very grateful that I don't need to turn to alcohol anymore. And I want you to know that you don't need to turn to alcohol either for anything. And hopefully the tools that I'm sharing with you now will help you see that. And the other thing, probably the most important thing that has been there for me um, and helped me through is my community, my people, you. And I can't tell you just how much it means to me to have you there. Sober Bliss is small, but it's strong and it's powerful. And we are an amazing group of women from all over the world and I truly am 
so blessed and so grateful to have met each and every one of you to be part of your journey and to have you part of mine and this is the thing you know all the while I was in hospital um, I was keeping in touch you were keeping in touch afterwards as well so hearing your stories of your own breakthroughs your own struggles and reading about your wins that's is what has kept me going reading your words of support and encouragement have kept me going seeing your messages on whatsapp or email or even chatting to you on zoom have kept me going hearing about how you are staying sober how you are staying strong is what is keeping me going and I've just loved having you tell me about you know the things that you're doing how you're sticking with your ballet class or how you had a great cycling holiday how you've overcome a health problem or managing your own family problems that's what's keeping me going and I have to say that that's the key thing that is what makes this journey so special and magical even when it feels like the hardest thing in the world and at times it did feel really hard for me so that's why when I got back from hospital I made a decision to reopen the blissfully sober support space this time it's on mighty networks instead of facebook because you all know that i left social media back in february so you know which apart from quitting the booze has been one of the best and most liberating things i have ever done and i will i promise do a more detailed podcast about that because so many of you have been asking me um but yeah setting up this new platform has been a bit of a learning curve and it's you know it's been good in some ways to get back into things again after so much time away and having to cancel zoom calls and group sessions and one-to-ones it's been really good to get back and again you know thank you for helping me through it and sticking with me and supporting me um And it's just so good to be here again. And it means that I can now bring more of you together in a different way. I can be there for you even when I can't make it to a Zoom call, which is what bothered me a lot over the past month. Um, And it is, you know, the main reason for doing this. It means that wherever we are in the world, whenever we are in the world, We can stay connected, we can share our stories, we can offer each other words of support and encouragement, we can celebrate each other, we can lift each other up, we can offer virtual hugs and virtual shoulders to cry on, which I used a lot, let me tell you. Um, And we can just be together and learn how to navigate whatever comes our way in a safe, supportive and empowering space. Now I know that there are other sobriety memberships out there but this one I promise you is special because it's got you in it and I am absolutely so happy to welcome you. Now we are open right now 
with a special introductory price for brand new members. So that's you, founding member, and that will be available until the end of the week. So that's June the 3rd. Um, if you are listening to this after that date has passed, just please get in touch and um, I'll see what I can do. So why is this so special then, other than having you in it? Well, there will be the monthly coaching with me, which is a part of the, the my job that I love. It is the Zoom coaching calls. And they're going to happen the last Sunday of every month, which is kind of at the moment, as near to the new moon as possible. Because I would like to use the new moon as a great time um, you know, for circling back and setting our ten- intentions and checking in how we're getting on. Um, we do have a welcome session this Sunday, the 5th of June, because I realise it's a little bit short notice. Um, but yeah, it is a really lovely space with so many resources to help you. And as I said, as a new founding member, you get to help me set it up the way you want it with what you feel will help you the most and that's really important and I just want to say that without you I don't know where I would be um, and it is really the main thing that has been keeping me going and keeping me strong when honestly sometimes I've just wanted to crawl under the duvet and not come out but you've helped me come out. You've helped me keep going. And it is my hope, it is my desire really to to do the same for you, to be there for you in a way that I probably haven't been able to be before. So come and join us. What can I say? Come and join us. We'd love to have you. And don't forget, the special monthly subscription for new members is available until the 3rd of June and it is it's 19 pounds a month which i think is roughly 23 dollars so really um you don't want to miss out on that um but don't rush off just yet um i will put the link in the show notes but before you go away and do that stay for a moment longer so i can tell you about the final tool that i picked up again only this morning Um, which is my ritual of morning pages. Now, understandably, I couldn't do that in hospital. You know, practically it just wasn't possible and also my head wasn't in it. And when we first got home, I didn't pick it up either. I couldn't really concentrate. There were other things that I had to get up and organise in the morning. And then... My lovely mother-in-law came to visit with her partner, which brought a whole other set of problems. So really, it was only this morning that I felt the the desire, I suppose, the pull um, to cozy up with my blanket and my candle and my cup of tea and my journal. It's only this morning that I really had the space to do it both you know within me and and around me um and it helped that the weather's a little bit chilly today and to me I don't know why but journaling seems to be more of a winter thing anyway it was just lovely 
to have the space and the peace to write, to just let the ideas flow and the thoughts come out, something that I've missed a lot over the past month. Now, if you don't know what morning pages are, it's a practice that Julia Cameron teaches in The Artist's Way. Um, and it's basically three pages of free writing first thing in the morning. So you just get out what's in your head, whatever that might look like. And one of my lovely one-to-one clients introduced me to this last year, I think it was, when we started working together. So she told me that instead of her three pages of morning pages, she used my my workbooks, which you get when you join me, when you work with me. She used those as her morning pages practice. Um, and I was curious, I checked it out, I gave it a go and I loved it. You've probably heard me talking about morning pages before. Um, I'm still walking every morning and now it's kind of a little bit of a routine, which is really nice for walking, come back, cup of tea, obviously. Um, and then this morning I sat down and got my notebook out and started writing. And it's just been really lovely to feel like I've come home again. You know, there's obviously everything still going on and I still need to work through that. But it is just feels good to be back um, and to have you back in my life and hopefully me back in your life. And the community is really helping me. You've always been there and you always will be there really helping me to stay sane sober um I love it that there's a safe space to go when I need it and really I I wouldn't be without you and I hope that with the new blissfully sober membership that I can do the same for you so the idea then behind today's podcast is to show you that Whatever you're going through, you absolutely can get through it and you can come out the other side with help and support and the right tools for you. You don't have to do all the things all the time. It's absolutely okay to let go of something if it just doesn't quite fit with where you're at right now and to pick the thing that works the most for you. And I really hope that you do take away today that whatever you choose, whatever that looks like, there will always be people around you helping you with your journaling practice, with your cycling, with your cooking, with your whatever it is that you turn to, to help you. Having somebody there to, as I said before, cheer you on, lift you up be a virtual shoulder to cry on, just brings everything together. And it is so important to have that community, that safe space to share and connect. Um, And it's honestly probably the most important thing that I have. And and, And not just on the sober journey, I would say in the journey that's life. Because you can't do it on your own. And actually, there's no reason that you should do it on your own. 
so it's really it's been there for me um and i hope that i will be there for you when you need me so if you feel inspired to try any of the tools that i've talked about today or if indeed you already have them in your toolbox if you're already using them do let me know what you love about them how they help you um why they're so important send me an email or better still come and join us in the blissfully sober support space and we can talk about it in one of our zoom sessions we can chat together on the platform um, and we can be there to guide and support you through whatever it is that you're going through right now so don't forget this special price is available until the 3rd of June. I'd love to see you there in the inside. And I will be back here hopefully very soon with an update and sharing more about what's helping me stay sober um, and strong. So thanks for listening and I will talk to you again very soon. Bye for now.